Hi everyone, I'm Ksenia and I'm Anna and you're listening to CareerZilla, a podcast where people from all over the world share their stories about career change. If you always dreamt of having a new job, a new career, but was not quite sure where to start, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned to learn the secret hacks and tricks about career transformation from our guests. Every second and fourth Thursday of the month, our guests will share with you their stories on how to advance career. Today we are talking about how to make a career in tech industry without having an education in the related field. And we have two guests who will share their experience on entering the fields of high-tech and IT. Our first guest is Juliana Gancheva, who is a manager with over 10 years of experience in one of the largest packaging technology companies. She is also a mom and a career coach. Hi, and thank you so much for inviting me to take part in your podcast. Could you please tell us more about the careers that you had in these 10 years and what was the most important and interesting part of your work? Well, my work uh, has been every day something different and this is what I love about my work. And I started more than 10 years ago in the packaging industry in the technical after-sales service where we make sure the equipment our customers are running is running properly and is um, giving the best results. And this is, of course, very, very technical field, but not only. And um, this is what it makes it interesting and, and different every day when I go to work. As we're talking about career in tech without a tech degree, would you please tell us what did you actually study and how did you start your move to the tech industry? What do you think convinced your employer to give you a chance in the area you did not have experience before? Yeah, I have a very strong economical and management background. I studied international economic relations, then I studied international management. Over that, I did an MBA. And I have had always this focus of how to make things happen and how to run a business. I started as an intern, as a student, in a in a field which was less technical. And then when you're once there and then you start looking around and you like the the spirit of the company, um, then sure, you, you look into the technical jobs as well. First job was a, an area manager in, in the after-sales for Eastern Europe and this was a very it, it was like a bouquet of tasks I had and responsibilities I had and I really liked it because it was not really purely technical it was so much about developing customer relations developing markets developing the main maintenance strategies of our customers because this is this has been you know my topic uh, in the after sales maintenance is one of the topics uh, usually, when you apply for jobs, if you see yourself in 30% of the requirements, you might have a chance and then you should apply. <laughs> so your main task was rather not to communicate some technical details or aspect, but rather bring together technical experts from your company and customers who have some demand? Well, I had to communicate very much around technical details um, especially when we were talking about um, some upgrade projects or other optimization topics and projects. 
there has been a great level of technical details that I have been handling. And how did you learn it? Because I guess it's very challenging. I believe very big criteria for taking me on this job uh, for my employers was the fact that in the interview, I made it very, very clear that I will put every effort to learn the necessary technical know-how that I need to, to do this job. And I really put a great effort. And I remember my first two years, they were very, very heavy because besides of doing my normal job and tasks, um, I had this additional effort to understand. And there is a big difference if you work in technical sales and you sell a piece of equipment or a machine in this, in my case, and if you do the after-sales support, because in after-sales you need to, to know every screw of the machine or be able to talk about every step of the process and really every, every detail there. I had to learn to read drawings. I had to learn to read electrical uh, schemes, which I didn't know before. Uh, and in, in my case, it, the language was really challenging because in all the languages I worked, I, I had to learn the, the technical um, words and terms. And what would you think would help you to do it easier? So if now with all your knowledge, you come back and uh, you maybe advise some very young intern who is also struggling right now, what would you tell how to tackle this uh, problem, how to acquire this technical acumen relatively fast? Um, well, one very important thing um you need to make friends with the uh, technical experts. I found it's really easy when when you're not an, a, an expert by yourself, when you don't have this technical background, because then you you don't have this urge to measure yourself, you know, who knows more, or you don't have that. It's very easy just to surrender from the beginning and say, hey, guys, I'm just, you know, I'm new. I have no idea. Please explain and I didn't get it, please explain again. So this is the one thing. The second thing, which is really amazing, is the visuals. When we're talking about anything material that you can touch, like a machine or another piece of equipment, you can see it, you can touch it, you can dismantle it, you can see what is inside. And when you see it live and then uh, put a drawing next to it, and then you can really very easily learn to understand a 2D drawing uh, how this would look like in, in 3D. Or then you could understand um, the design programs which are showing uh, one piece of equipment or one part from different angles. When you see it once and can touch it, then you understand also the different views in the program. Do you think you were particularly disadvantaged by your gender? Or was it an, an opposite uh, in some way beneficial to be a woman in a male-dominated environment? This is really interesting question. <laughs> One thing which I saw in the very beginning was I was starting new, coming from, you know, not from the company, from a different place. And if there was um, a man starting new, coming from a different company, normally everybody would assume um, the guy knows it, understands it, and, and she doesn't. And this was the case I remember very well. This was the case. However, at the end of the day, this was of my benefit because for me, things were explained in more detail. 
um, if I didn't get something from the first time and I needed a second and a third time, this was okay. And if guys would ask something three times and say, please explain, I didn't get it, I didn't get it. Uh, I'm not sure if, you know, if the surrounding would have that patience. That's why this is actually a benefit. And back in the days, I was really angry about that. I was feeling angry. Um, however, I would say now this was a plus for me. And how did you overcome these emotions? I guess you felt very uncomfortable. How did you manage with it? If I would turn the time back with the knowledge and experience I have now, I would do things differently. Because I needed almost 10 years to learn how to do things right and how to be a lady in this technical environment and also in the management environment later on uh, without having all those struggles. It took me really, really long time. From today's point of view, I would first feel my anger. Very important. Just take my time and feel it and not try to um, put a lid on it and, and stop it and push it away. And um, and I would talk openly to that and I would say, hey, guys, I see this and this makes me feel something. Later on in the years, since I started giving this type of feedback, I did connect to my surrounding, my colleagues, my bosses, my employees, on a completely different way than um, than I was doing in the past. What would be your advice on giving this type of personal feedback? One often puts itself in a very insecure position and shows one one's vulnerability. So basically, when, how, and to whom it's better to give it? First thing, and this is really a major problem we have, is uh, we never take our time to look into ourselves and notice what we feel. I was getting angry and I was brushing it over like it is okay. And on some point where I couldn't say it is okay, then I was uh, bursting out in tears. And this doesn't feel good to me. And especially if you're young and if you have 30, 40 years to work, energy management is so important. Suppressing those feelings and not dealing with them and not being clear inside yourself is reason number one for the burnouts we have how to communicate and when. It is different between a private um, environment and situation and a work situation. In work situation, um, it is not always appropriate to communicate straight away. Just imagine you're having a big meeting, for example, project meeting or some, some other internal or external with customers and something happens. Uh, you cannot just in between the meeting say, hey, you know, colleagues, stop. I, I, I need to give feedback now. This... It's not really a good idea. Uh, what I would do is just um, after the meeting, but really short after the meeting, go to the person that I want to say something and say, you know, I felt angry. I felt sad. I felt what I heard about myself made me feel small. And I would do it just in, uh, you know, face to face. And of course, sometimes you have situations where you cannot really do that. And if you have a customer, you cannot tell this to the customer. Um, there may be some small exceptions, but let's say the general cases, you cannot really say that to your customer. You just need to accept it. And it makes it easier to accept it when, um, when you feel your feelings. Then it's just, you process them and it, it gets easier. And Let's be honest, you cannot say that to your boss too. 
in, in very rare cases, you can say it. And then you need to be very careful in general of what you say. It depends on the relationship you have with your boss and so on. Um, and later, if you're a manager to your employees, sometimes or most of the times, you can give feedback. And there are times where you maybe choose just to feel your feelings and stop there. And about the, the third part is about being vulnerable. And you, you notice it, you ask me about that. And yes, um, when you go this way, you are exposing yourself. You're showing your naked self in front of others. And this is so unbelievably powerful. And this creates so amazing connections between people. When you start like this, you will notice that um, your colleague, your boss, your customer, your employee, um, they will feel connected to you and they will open up. And you might hear feedback about yourself. You might hear other things which um, they would never share with you if you wouldn't start first and, and you know show what is inside you. That's why this is really great way to, to build up working relationships. And I want to add, there is a very nice TED talk from Brené Brown, which is exactly called The Power of Vulnerability. And there she exactly talks about this, that when you expose yourself, it's an act of courage and you also connect with other people through it. So important. And it is so difficult because we learn um, from very small children, you know, child age, all the way through education we um we are trained and we learn to be strong this is for many many people a big trigger be strong deliver results uh, be first be best and when you're thinking like that um it's very difficult to um to go there and say hey guys i feel bad i feel ashamed i feel sad i feel afraid i feel angry because all of this is not equal to be strong be first be best or we think it's not equal. And that's why, um, you know, having this connection and, and getting out there with those words is really challenging. You mentioned you got your first job by promising a future employer that you will learn all the technical sides of your future work. But what skills do you think you had before that, first of all, helped your employer understand you will be able to do this and also clearly put you in advantage over other applicants? Some of them might even have a technical background. Depends on the education you have and depends on the work development career background you have over the years. You have your toolbox of skills and knowledge. And... It is normal that uh, when I or somebody else comes with a, a background in management, in business, and if you compare with somebody who has an engineering background, um, it's it's normal that the, let's say, the business economics people, um, they would spontaneously know how to put a business plan together, how to make a presentation how to calculate um, return on invest, for example. And these are things which somebody with a pure engineering background needs to learn first. And it's not difficult to learn. It's just something which needs to be done. Same is um, 
the business guys, they need to learn the technical things, which is, I would say, even maybe harder or more difficult to, to acquire. Um, so this is one thing, and especially when you come with an MBA, in the MBA, the whole focus of the education is um, how to bring results, which actions to take in long and in short term to bring results and um, to meet the targets with those results. It's pretty much all about that in my understanding. And this is very useful when it comes to, um, yeah, to doing business or being in business. Any other recommendations? Books, channels, courses? The best thing what they could, could do is to find a mentor from the business or from the industry because those people have been there where they want to go. That's, that's a great point. Could you please guide us through the process, how one can find a mentor? You know, there is one thing which um, maybe many young people do not know or do not assume is that many of the experienced um, people, managers, experts in, um, in the workplace who have been there for 10 years and more, they would really enjoy giving know-how, giving knowledge and supporting young people. I've seen many who really enjoy that and do it just for the feeling of, of helping and supporting. It feels good. This is fun. This is um, very fulfilling. Um, that's why the, the recommendation would be asking. Really, you can purely go through LinkedIn um, and search for experts who are expert in a field where you want to develop. Send them a message and ask them if they're open just to have a an informal chat on Skype. And I believe there will be people who will say yes. Okay, and what is important? How to prepare this message in a way that people will reply to it? Well, okay, I can tell you to to what kind of message I would reply. Um, and if somebody just says, "Hi, I'm studying this and this, and I'm interested in that," and I just I'm not sure if this could be a career for me, and would you take twenty thirty minutes time to have a chat on Skype? Chances are, I would say yes. So there is not nothing really very formal. Um, because formality gives distance and you don't want distance when, you, when you're searching for a mentorship. And I have to say, because I have been taking part in formal mentoring programs as a mentee and, and as a mentor as well. And I have to say that the informal mentorship I have been receiving and giving, it's even more to the point because it's really case-based, situation-based, and it, it comes from a connection between two people. And that's why it's very honest, very open. Um, and they're just the energy is flowing. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. Thank you for inviting me. And it was a great pleasure for me to be here. After this exciting conversation with Juliana, where we learned about importance of mentorship and networking, heard recommendations on how to build healthy relationships at work, and not be afraid to show own vulnerability. We are moving to our next speaker, Alexandra Demidova, who is a requirement engineer and fashion enthusiast. Alexandra, could you please explain what does it mean exactly to work as a requirement engineer? So it's pretty easy to explain. It's a person who is between customers and developers who translated 
business needs from business language to developer language. That sounds really awesome. But I know that you worked in a fashion industry before. So what did you actually study and uh, what did you do and how did you decide that you want to move into the IT field? So I did two studies. First is uh, math, methods and economy. And the second is business process management. Uh, yes, I'm working for a really long time in textile industry and uh, for some for a few years, for three years in fashion in one lingerie brand in Austria. And I was always uh, interested in IT, how IT industry is growing. And it was my goal to change to IT field. It was a bit difficult from the beginning, but it's I can say it's doable, even if you are 35 plus. Uh, when you realized that you would like to work rather in IT sector, uh, how did you start your transition? I was always interested in uh, IT, so how IT structure support business processes in organization. I was always thinking what we can do better, what we can digitalize in our workplace to do things better and more effective. I just decided I will take everything what is related to IT, so workshops, courses, anything. And actually it started with one workshop that calls Rails Girls. It's a workshop for girls who just want to do first steps in coding. It was interesting and inspirational just to see how everything is then I uh, do some Coursera courses. I knew from the beginning that maybe coding itself, it's a bit difficult for me because I didn't have basis knowledge. Yes, I decided maybe it's better to do management things, like how to rule IT project, how to deal with the customers, how to translate the customer's needs that I understand for sure to developer language. I was a bit lucky because my company we're working now, they give me an assignment test and I was sure that I can do it perfectly because I don't have maybe uh, some uh, knowledge showing in my CV, but I knew that I can do assignment test perfect. What skills, experiences, qualifications have you gained during your previous employment that you think are in particular useful and are directly transferable to the industry, to the IT industry you work now? Uh, that I got from my first education, from maths, methods and economy. I got good basic knowledge about how database is built. And second is uh, business process management. These two hard skills helped me so much uh, to get this job. And if we're talking about soft skills, it's uh, like ability to analyze things, deconstruct and to analyze what's going on. Do you feel also that overall business uh, environment in tech, in IT, is very different compared to your previous industries such as fashion? Uh, one thing is a different is IT is open field that people are like to share knowledge they have a lot of you see it's now a lot of meetups a lot stack overflow this is the web page that every uh, everybody knows where to go when they have a questions of course in fashion i spend so much time 
searching for something like this in fashion because we have a problem with the supply chain, we have a problem with the forecasting. It would be, I was always searching for some sources or some community when we can share it. But unfortunately, industry keeps the expertise inside. They don't want to share this information or these best cases. That's pity. But what about the communication between people? I think it's more or less the same. For sure, when you work in fashion, it's all also cool when you see your products that you work of two years ago now in a store. It's like nice feeling in IT, especially if you deliver software for customers that you never use by yourself. Oh, so it's not like this. Your current job still requires, if not coding skills, but at least a very good understanding how other people do it. How did you gain this technical knowledge? Yes, I didn't have some background, so I didn't know a lot of words that my colleagues was using in their speeches, and I need to check what does it mean exactly, how it works. So I was learning a lot. I'm still learning a lot. But the most important for my job is uh, soft skills. It's ability to analyze, to see dependencies, uh, to, to describe business processes. So it's already hard skill, but a lot of technical things um, I have to learn and is still learning. So this seems uh, totally doable. Anyway, what I want to ask next is for somebody who just thinks about uh, transitioning to the IT uh, field, what will be the position or the area inside of the IT company that uh, these people who are just starting need to target? What is the most feasible role uh, for a newcomer? Uh, yes, I guess more people who work in uh, industry, they can transfer to IT exactly to my position, like to uh, requirements engineer, business analyst, UX, UI. If person have really deep uh, expertise in particular sphere, for example, we can take logistics. This person working logistics for a long time, she or he knows exactly how the things work inside. It's really good opportunity to go to IT company who develop uh, logistics uh, applications, transport management system. So you have to really think what kind of expertise you have and just find the company who develops software for, for this industry. And then you can transfer. You can work in testing. It's also maybe some testing required a little bit of uh, coding skills, but you can learn it. It's not. Could you explain a bit more uh, what uh, a person who works in testing do? For, for example, just there is manual testing, there is automating testing. For manual testing, you check how application works. You have to create different uh, use cases and test cases, what user can do, and also think what can go wrong. And you just testing, go through all the steps and you test application. Or there is automated test when you write code for all these cases. Considering all your current experience already, would you do anything differently um, when you were changing to the IT field from your previous job? What could have been done better or more efficiently? For sure, I would uh, go to more meetups uh, to really know people, like to communicate, to build network. 
for me it was a bit different because I was living in uh, like countryside of Austria and I was searching for a job in IT in Vienna. Uh, and I couldn't attend so many meetups here in uh, Vienna. That would be so helpful for me. But anyway, now what I see uh, as a trend, it's the mentoring that wasn't two years ago when I started searching for a job in IT. That sounds like a reasonable and a thoughtful approach. What are the current hot trends in IT? Which topics do you think will become popular in the next years? That's a good question. Okay, everybody knows these buzzing words like AI, blockchain. For sure, it, it's our future. What else, especially for people who want to uh, transfer from other industry to IT, is can be interesting as a trend. So there is one trend that calls no-code movement. I didn't know about this trend, but I already applied in my working place. It's uh, tools that uh, generating code. For example, now if I build web application, I have a special tool that I, like a Lego constructor. I just put all the elements together and it's already generate HTML and CSS code for developers. So they're not starting from the scratch. They're starting already from some basis. And it's also good because I'm already speaking to them on their language. And it's good news then for people who don't have coding knowledge. They can already do application without anything, without any knowledge. And it will be more trendy. So these tools will be more and more sophisticated. It means that maybe in some point to create... Already now, I guess you don't need much coding skills to even make small like online shop accounting software or some, something like more difficult and also uh, another trend is close to this trend is democratization of expertise again that that i said the tools for analyzing data for example so big data it's also another buzzword that everybody here since i don't know since maybe five years customers targeting and so on these tools will be available for more people and even for people who don't don't have coding skills next trend is uh, python growth python is a language that easy to learn and the good things of python it helps to automate boring stuff there is a nice book that calls automate boring stuff with python that i suggest to read all the people who work in the office in any position. So any assistant, any manager can automate tasks, everyday tasks from sending emails, generating reports and so on with Python. So if people want to transfer from any field to IT, they also can. One of the options to learn language, it can be Python. So Python is quite easy. And where do you see your future? Do you have any um, career goals? Oh, it's a difficult question. Of course, now uh, I'm I'm still a beginner in IT field. I still want to learn a lot of things. Of course, it would be cool to combine my passion, enthusiasm, and IT. But for now, I don't see a solution for this. But we will see. Now I'm researching how the 
microservices works. It's another trend in software development that already was, I guess, since a few years. So now I'm learning how to work with uh, microservices. That's great. We hope that everything will work out as you plan. Good luck with bringing IT, sustainability, and fashion together. Thank you for being with us. If you're interested to learn more about career transitions, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find links in the podcast description. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Stay tuned.